the spiritual disciplines that we talked about will be kind of built upon, added to what we're going to talk about now. And really it's just about being established in your faith or being established in the Christian life. Okay, so kind of keep that in mind over the next several weeks as we talk about the different things that we will talk about. And uh, I know what the problem was now. I told him I was going to play that video, and then I forgot to wait for the video. <laughs> so, my bad. <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. It's all good. We're right where we need to be now. Uh, there's a story that I want to share with you here in just a minute. Uh, actually, it's just a, uh, I'll read part of uh, a journal excerpt from a missionary. And but first I want to read something that I think all of you will be familiar with. And if you're not, then that's okay. Uh, the words go like this. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me, I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet that the birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. And he walks with me, and he talks with me. And he tells me, that I am his own. Isn't that a great, you know those great words? They're great words even when you just read them. But then when you sing them in the song that we normally sing them together, it becomes a powerful song, doesn't it? And that is if you have the relationship with God that is offered to you. That is if you know the God that you profess to believe in. If you don't know God, if you don't have the relationship with God that it has been offered to you, then the words that I just read would be meaningless, wouldn't they? Because you don't walk with Him. And you don't talk with Him. He still calls you His own, but you don't know that. Right? That's why it's such a powerful song, because there's a relationship with God that, that the song is about. There's a something to be gained from this Christian life. The only way to truly call yourself a Christian and it have any meaning to it whatsoever is if you are established in Christ. And when you establish something, you're planting a foundation. You're, 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 you're taking root or root however whichever where you come from how you say that right it means that wherever you establish yourself that's where you are and hopefully not movable from there until you choose to move right when you establish your home wherever it is your address is that's where you have established your home and until you decide to change that it'll be your home won't it you're established here. You're established wherever. In our faith, we must be established in Christ. That is, if 
you want to call yourself Christian. If you want to have the rewards that are offered to the Christian for living the Christian life, right? That is, if you want what's offered to you through Christ. So I'm going to read in John chapter 17, just a, just a few verses today to start us off. All right. Sometimes I get going on a lot of different scripture, and I think that's okay, as long as it delivers the message. But sometimes it's better to just stick with a couple of verses and let the Lord deal with that. Right? Because you don't want to get too much that you can't chew at all. Right? That's not, all, that's not always the best thing. So we have to know God. Raise your hand if you would say that you know God. Don't be afraid to say yes. I would hope that most everybody in the room who claims to be Christian would know God to some degree. And if you didn't raise your hand today, I hope it's because you haven't yet to be saved and you're ready to be saved. And maybe today we can help you with that. And that's okay too. It's okay to say to yourself, I don't know God, but I want to know God. That's exactly where God wants you to be. And that's exactly where we would love to help you begin. Now, let's not get so carried away that we wouldn't be able to help each other to continue to know God more. Just because some of us have been saved and have had a relationship with God for so many years that doesn't mean we can't know more about Him and know more of Him. And this relationship become deeper and deeper, right? Because you can't make disciples if you're not being a disciple, can you? You cannot introduce someone to God if you don't know God. Everybody, in, I think everybody has been in that awkward position where you, you, you're, you're, you're kind of responsible for introducing somebody to somebody else and you have forgotten who they are. Forgot their name or you just can't bring it to mind or for some reason you just can't do it. And, it. and you feel bad about it because you should know. How on earth are we going to go into this world and introduce people to our holy God if we don't know him? Because people are going to meet God out there before they ever come in here to meet God. They're going to come in here to find out more about God. That's, that's what the deal is. So as we go, as we... Green. As we go through this uh, verse here, I want to explain some things to you. But first I'm going to read this excerpt from this journal of this missionary. This is a... a not only just is this man was a missionary, but he is what we know as a, a martyred missionary, meaning he was killed for his faith. He died doing the work that he committed himself to do for the sake of the gospel. Okay? And here's his words in just one small part of his journals that he kept. His name was Jim Elliott, and he wrote this in his journal. I walked out on the hill just now. It is exalting Delicious to stand embraced by the shadows of a friendly tree with the wind tugging at your coattail and the heavens hailing your heart. To gaze and glory and give oneself again to God. What more could a man ask? Oh, the fullness, pleasure, sheer excitement of knowing God and earth. I care not if I never raise my voice again for him, if only I may love him Please him, if only I may see him touch his garments and smile into his eyes. Isn't that great? That's a man who had a relationship with our holy God, who knew him so intimate 
that he wanted nothing more than to know him more and experience more of him. Even to the point where he said, if I never preach again, it will be okay as long as I get to be with my God. As much as he loved to preach, because you have to love to preach in order to die preaching. Don't you agree? So obviously he loved to preach the gospel and share his God with the world. But he says in his words, if I never get to preach again, it'll be okay as long as I still have this relationship with my God. So my, my question to you, and maybe even my challenge to all of us, is do we know God that way? Are we learning more about our God and forming a better relationship every day with God to the point where we, if we were to write a journal, if we were to express our feelings, would they sound something like this man's feelings toward his God? I hope the answer is yes, and I hope the answer is I want more of that. And if it's not, it's okay, because there's always room for improvement in the Christian life, isn't there? Isn't that awesome? You don't have to be perfect, you just have to be available to God. You just have to seek him out. So the question then becomes, here's the questions that all people in the world ask about God. If you want to know what people are asking about God and a Christian life, here they are. They're real simple. Why did Jesus come? What is, what is life all about? What is Christianity all about? There's a lot more questions than that, but these are some of the basic ones. And if we could ever find a way to express the answers to these questions to people, we would be doing well as witnesses in the community, wouldn't we? I think sometimes we don't have the answers because we don't understand the answers ourselves sometimes. Not fully. And that's okay because we're growing in Christ. So what about this? What about these questions? Why did Jesus come? Right? Because we can give the, the basic answer so he could die for our sins, right? That's the basic answer. That's why Jesus came. What is life all about? Well, it depends on what life you're talking about. Life in general? If it's just life in general, then it's about whatever you want it to be about, isn't it? But if we're talking about life, the life that Jesus brings, that's a whole different answer, isn't it? So we have to understand the question. What is Christianity all about? There's all kinds of debates going on about that, isn't there? Google will give you as many answers as you want to that question. The Bible will give you one answer. Right? Nothing wrong with Google. I, I use Google all the time. But don't rely on Google for the truth when you can find the truth in the Scripture, is what I'm saying has to agree with what God said is true or it's not true, the Christian life. What's it all about? I don't have a total answer for that. I'm still trying to figure that out. I hope you are. I'm trying to figure out what is this Christian life about other than glorifying God and, and, and being a, a disciple maker. Let me just say this. The Christian life is about this. It's, it's, here's what it's not about. It's not just about going to heaven or not going to hell. Although that's part of it. The Christian life is about not spending eternity without God, which would be hell. And it is about spending eternity with God, which would be what we know as heaven. That is the basics of what the world knows about the Christian life. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. People that don't even acknowledge Christ as their Savior know that there's heaven and hell. That's why they say everybody, if God loves everybody, then they're all going to heaven. When they don't, we don't even understand what heaven is when we say that sometimes. Heaven is the presence of God more than it is a place. There's no zip code for heaven. Make sense? 
It's the presence of God. As this missionary that we just read about is expressing, I want to be wherever God is. Isn't that great? And the Christian life is, it's about more than just not sinning or being a good person. Look up here. Than being a good person. See that? That means there's no such thing as a good person in the eyes of God. We've all failed. It's in Romans. Right there in Romans. It's taught us. We have all fallen short. There's no such thing as a good person. That means if we, if we rely on being a good person, we, re, we are relying on our own understanding of what good is. And we would do good to seek what the Lord says is good and not good. And adjust ourselves accordingly. Because then we will realize that we have fallen short and we need help. Because we're being made holy only because God is holy. And we can only be righteous in his righteousness. Isn't that great? We can only walk with him and talk with him in his garden because of the blood of Christ. Hello? All right, y'all. Now, the ones that are sick or traveling aren't here, so y'all are going to have no excuses. So we're going we're gonna to get involved this morning, right? So, so here we are. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about salvation. We're talking about a relationship with God, even though we don't deserve it. We're talking about knowing our God, right? The Christian life is all about eternal life. How many of y'all can't wait for the day that Jesus comes back and you get to be with the Lord? We all get to be with the Lord, so we, that, whoever of us believe, right? But at the same, same time, if I ask the next question, how many of y'all got people that aren't saved and want another day so that they might repent? Everybody raise your hand. So we, we can't wait to be with God in a place we know is heaven, but we, yet we still want to wait. Somebody said this morning in Sunday school, I praise God because I woke up this morning. Well, wait a minute. We can't wait to be with God. Which is it? <laughs> Good question, isn't it? Because I'm in the same boat. I'm, I'm glad I'm breathing today because that's another day I get to love on my wife and love on all y'all and preach the gospel to y'all. But yet if Jesus came or if for some reason I wasn't here this morning and I was with the Lord, I'd be okay too, wouldn't it? And we praise God either way. Eternal life starts right now. Eternity is already happening. It's already in motion. And where you're going to be for eternity is dictated by what you, where you're planted, where you're established. Are you established in Christ or are you established in something else? And that'll be the difference maker, won't it? Here's our scripture, John chapter 17, verse 1 through 3. Three simple verses. How many of y'all realize that our Savior, Jesus, the one who was sent into this world from the, 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 the throne of heaven, the kingdom of God, came to the world and made himself man, allowed himself to become man so that he could die on the cross so that we all could be having this relationship and know God. How many of y'all know that man who was God, who died and was resurrected, was praying for you? Remember that? John 17. Read the whole chapter. What we're going to read about is when he starts praying, he's praying for himself first and then comes into praying to, for us in the, in, the, in the verses following what we're going to study. I just want you to know that Jesus, your Savior, our Savior, the one who died for you, was talking to God over you. Isn't that great? Isn't that special? That ought to, that ought to make a lump in your throat. That's what it ought to do. 
right? Now, if there was ever a prayer of a righteous man, I don't know where it would be found other than John chapter 17, right? And if a prayer of a righteous man availeth much, as we find in the book of James, if a powerful prayer comes from a righteous man, then the, power, the, Jesus, the prayer of Jesus is a powerful prayer. Got me so excited I can't even spit it out. Here it is. Chapter, chapter 17, verse 1. After Jesus said this, he looked uh, toward heaven and prayed. Jesus, in the flesh, looks up to the Father, our God, the Creator God, the Holy One, and starts talking to Him. Isn't that a special moment? You ever walk into a room and everybody's praying, you're like, oh, and you just kind of stand there and be quiet? Because it's like a holy moment and, and it's kind of appropriate? Just think about if Jesus started talking to God in front of everybody. <laughs> Jesus looks up to heaven and starts praying. What a holy moment that is. Here's what He said. Here's what's recorded in John chapter 17. It says, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. And if I'm going to be like Jesus, by the way, I should pray like Jesus. So maybe I should say these things to God about myself. Help me glorify you, God, in whatever way I can. Isn't that a great prayer? Verse 2 says, for you granted him authority. When he says him, he's talking about himself. You granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. And then in verse 3 he says, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's three verses. Of just a, Three verses of a long and powerful prayer. There's so much to be learned in this scripture. First, Jesus came to do what? This is the answer to the question. You can cheat. It's right up there. He came to give us eternal life. We just read it. He said, he's talking to God and he's saying, God, this is why you sent me. This is why I'm here. So let's do this. Right? He came, he came, it says, for you granted them him authority, Jesus saying, you granted me authority over all the people, that he, may give, he might give eternal life, that I might give eternal life. Without Jesus and his death and resurrection, without his spilled blood, his beating, the spitting, and all the, the punishment that comes with sin happening to Jesus, there is no eternal life for us, only eternal death. Get it? So Jesus, Jesus comes so that you and I and everybody else who decides to put their faith, establish their faith in him, can have this eternal life. Dramatic pause. Yeah? Now we were just at a conference all last week, a bunch of preaching going on, all kinds of preaching. I almost tagged in myself every now and then. It got me so excited. It was good preaching. Some of y'all might need to go next time because you, 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 you'll do good to, to, to hear some preaching and, and get in the fellowship of some other believers. It's a good time. Plus, we eat some barbecue just about every other day. <laughs> Jesus didn't come so that we could have stuff. I'll say, I'll say, I'm going to say it over here. Jesus didn't come so we could have stuff. Even though we ask God for stuff, we say, God, I want this, 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 and this. Let me have this, this, and this, and this. 
Nothing wrong with those prayers. I'm not saying we can't have stuff. I'm saying that's not why Jesus came here. If, if, if this man said in his, in his journal, he said, if I never get to preach again, it's okay as long as I still have my God. And I get the impression, I didn't know the man, but I get the impression that his number one love in this world was to preach the gospel. Whatever your number one love in the world is, ask God, if you never get to do it again, can I still be yours and can I still have this relationship and be close to you? Whatever it is you love in this world so much. Are you willing to give it up for your relationship with God? That's what Jesus came for. Because in, in the garden, Genesis, read about it, in the creation account in Genesis, it said that God created man and woman, and they had a relationship with God. And God spent time with them. Every day that he talked to them. Isn't that what that song is about? In the garden with him? I walk with him, I talk with him. He calls me his own. Everything was great. Until people couldn't do what they were created to do, which is obey God and love him and worship him and have this relationship with him. It was perfect. And it was broken. And you can read in the middle of Genesis chapter 3 that God said it's all messed up and I'm going to fix it because I'm the only one that can fix it. Not because he had to. He's not obligated to. Because he wants that relationship that he created you for. He doesn't want to make you love him. He wants you to want to love him. He wants you to want to know him. He wants you to want to be with him. He wants you to want to know so much about him that you can't stop talking to other people about him. That's what he wants. That's why Jesus came. Jesus didn't even come so that we would have an easy life. It's okay to say amen because we don't all have an easy life, right? Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's bad. Some people have nothing but negative in their life. That's just what's happening for them. Some people have so many blessings that they've never experienced hardship. You believe that? It's true. There are people in this world that just are, some reason or another, they just never have really experienced any hardship. And I pray that they won't. And it's okay to pray for your sickness. It's okay to pray for your suffering. It's okay to ask God for relief. It's okay to talk to God about those things, but it's not what Jesus came here for. He did not come so that you could have an easy street life. There will be sickness, there will be suffering, and there will be pain until Jesus comes back. In fact, Jesus says, because you love me, because you're mine, because you walk around and say you're a Christian, you will suffer because people hate me. So when we tell people that you should be a Christian and you should come to church and you, you need to know Jesus, you need to tell them the fine print. This isn't easy. This isn't not cake and ice cream all the time. It's going to be hard. It's going to be painful. It's going to be stressful. You're going to want to quit. You're going to want to give it up. But because our God is bigger than all that, we can persevere and we'll make it and we'll help each other. And with God's help, we'll glorify him. That's what the Christian life is about, isn't it? <laughs> it's not about anything other than living the eternal life now. Jesus died and said, if you put your faith in me, then you can be mine and you'll be forgiven. Right then, the moment you repent, the moment you, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness that comes with uh, God's grace, you begin your, the, the rest of your eternal life 
And sometime along the way, you transition from living in this world to living in the spiritual realm of the rest of your eternal life, which is forever, by the way. Right? That's why we don't fear death. That's why we don't fear not waking up in the morning, even though we're glad we did wake up this morning, because we enjoy living in this world at most, most of the time. Jesus came so we could have real life. Real life. Eternal life. And have it right now. All the blessings that come, all, the, all of the blessings and the power and the strength that come from the kingdom of God are available right now for the believer. That's how come we can have joy in the middle of our suffering. That's how come we can have peace in the middle of our hardships. Look at verse 3. This is where I really want to focus before we shut it down. It says, now this is eternal life. What is eternal life, right? Jesus was asked that question after he got beat up and he was getting ready to be hung on a cross. What is, what is life? It's, it's that we may know you in the only true God. That's eternal life. Every day we know more about God. We get in a closer relationship with him. We spend more time with him. We trust him more. We, can, we have more testimony about what he's done and where he's taken us and what he saved us from. Y'all remember what you've been saved from, right? It's, sad, it's a sad thing when a Christian spends so much time being saved that they forgot that they were a sinner. Hello? Because once you forget you're a sinner, then you forget who God is and what he's done for you, and then you don't praise him anymore. Then he starts to become your servant, and then you're in trouble. Right? Am I talking too fast for everybody this morning? Trying to get it all in, all right? We're going we're gonna to be done here in just a minute. I got three points, but actually the third point is setting up next week's sermon, so be happy. <laughs> Eternal life is not about a destination. It's not about going to heaven. It's not about waiting. I can't wait to get to heaven, even though that's not a wrong statement. It's not what it's all about. Eternal life is about a relationship with God. Eternal life is about who you are in Christ. How much do you know God? How intimate are you with the God that created you, that saved you from your sin through Jesus, the the Savior? That's what the eternal life is about. See, there's knowledge about God, and that's believing things about God, right? A lot of people say God exists, and I believe that he's real. A lot of people even believe that Jesus is the Christ, but they don't know him. They've never spent time with him. There's going to be so many people that show up in the presence of God, and he's going to say, I don't know you. And it's because they never talked to him. They never sought his will. They never repented. They never never spent time in God's chambers. They never sang the song. I walked with him and talked with him. And they never experienced God calling them his own. And it's not because God doesn't want that. It's because they ignored that. And if it's happening to you, then praise God, we can start now and we can repent. We can turn to him and we can seek that relationship. We can seek that eternal life. We can start right now because here's the, here's the reality. If eternal life starts now in your faith, when you put your faith in Christ, your eternal death starts now if you don't do that. You're already a dead man walking. Let that sink in for a minute. There's knowledge of God, and that's actually trusting God. There's one person in this room I trust more than anybody else in this room. And it's not me. It's her. I trust her more than I trust my own self. Because we have a relationship. I'm talking about her. When I say her, I mean my wife, just so nobody's confused. Y'all understand what I'm saying? There's nobody else in this world that I trust more than my wife. Except God. 
I trust other people in my life because I have a relationship with them. There's people I don't know that live right on this street that I, I, don't, I don't have nothing against them, but I don't trust them as much as I trust people that I'm in a relationship with because I don't know them. And you're never going to experience the blessings of God in any form if you don't trust him. And you're not going to trust him until you know him. Because I can stand up here and tell you all the things that God has done for me and all the things he's forgiven me of, and that'd be great, and you'll be saying amen and hallelujah, and you'll be looking at me crooked and sideways like, what, that's our preacher? And all that kind of stuff, but it won't do anything for you because it's not your testimony. You need a testimony. You need time spent with God. Because the more time you spend with God and the more he shows himself to you and the more he shows himself faithful in your life and the more he rescues you, the more he praises you, the more he lifts you up, the more he brings you back down, the more you trust him and the more relationship you have and that's what Jesus died for. Isn't that great? All right, here we are. So life is not about God. Uh, Life is not about getting God's stuff. That's a misprint up there. So ignore the first comma not about getting God's stuff okay it says life is not is is about God not about getting his stuff so it's about your relationship with God in other words here's here's what here's what I mean when we when we think about heaven we think about the pictures of heaven that people talk about and they sing about the streets of gold and all of the majestic things and the gems and all of the riches in heaven right and they seem great but the question is is that why we want to be in heaven Are we after God's stuff or are we after God? Here's the way it was presented uh, by another preacher. The reason the streets are paved with gold is because gold is irrelevant in the presence of God. It means nothing. It's worth nothing. Uses it for asphalt. In the presence of God. There's nothing more valuable than your relationship with God. So being established in the Christian faith means building on the cornerstone, which is Jesus. There's no relationship with God without Jesus. And the cornerstone holds the whole thing together, doesn't it? And it never ends. So next week we're going to talk about uh, actually walking with him and talking with him and communicating with our God. People ask ask the preacher all the time, how do I know I'm talking to God? How How do I know he's hearing me? How do I know it's him talking to me? We're going to talk about that. We're going, to just, we're going to inquire the scripture about that. And we're going to talk about it. And we're going to learn. We're going to grow together. A relationship with God requires communication. So here's a, here's a summary. Jesus came to give us eternal life. Eternal life is knowing God. And if you've established your relationship with God, that's great. Praise God and hallelujah. And let's keep building on that. Right? If you haven't established this relationship with God, if you have not, and you know you haven't, and you know if you haven't or not, you're kidding yourself if you're saying you have and you haven't, right? If you, have, if you have not, there's no time like the present. There's nothing to it. All you have to do is answer this question. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? And if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to keep on living without him? Are you going to keep on living in denial that it's necessary in your life? Or are you going to say to yourself, I can't have eternal life with God without him and I need to make that adjustment right now you don't have to have it all together you don't even have to have it understood completely nobody has it understood completely all you need to know is without Jesus you are already dead and you'll be dead for eternity 
And it's not because that's what God wants. It's because of what you choose. You ready to sing? If you need to make a decision, come up here. We can, we can take your confession of faith. You can repent. We can baptize you. Whatever it is we need to do, we can do it. You just need prayer. I'll be right here.